This edition of the National Talkie League was recorded live the night before Calgary's municipal election, so Sunday, October the 15th. And we're going to break this whole thing down and give you our thoughts before it's time to mark your X. If you're looking for strong opinions, loosely held and widely shared, you've come to the right place. This is the National Talkie League. National Talkie League. Well, Dave Ware, my friend, it's the, I guess this would be the Calgary Election Spectacular. Yes, the, this, today is the day before the election. We are recording this 24 hours or so before the votes will be counted. So this is Sunday right. night prior to the Monday election day. And that essentially means that um, uh, if, if, if this election runs smoothly and like the votes are counted smoothly, we should – uh, 24 hours after we're speaking now, Dave, know who the mayor of Calgary is going to be for the next four years. Uh, however, if it goes like the election went last time, uh, we'll still be wondering what's taking them so damn long to count all these ballots. Indeed. I remember staying up late to try to find out uh, – not the last election, but the one before that. Uh, last one was kind of cut and dried, was it not? Well, it was cut and dry in that um, the mayor won handily. But there was some sort of a confusion at City Hall or with the returning – I don't even know the proper vernacular to identify these people. But we had this election show planned. This is when I, I used to work at this uh, AM radio station you might be aware of. And like we had this 30-minute or 60-minute election show planned because we basically thought we'd be able to get on the air and just go, oh, here's the mayor. Here's the counselors. Uh, you know, good, good morning, good afternoon, good night. And we didn't have any results by the time we decided we were going to wrap up the show. It was really quite funny. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, and is it just the length of time that it's taking to count the votes or? I don't know what it was. And it was like, I mean, first of all, we live in the uh, computer age, which is about 50 years beyond the space age, I think. Um, and so it's just kind of like, why is this taking so long like to get res- to get the results? Even if we're counting them in the, you know, the, the public school houses and then phoning them downtown. I mean, it's really just sort of some simple arithmetic at some point. But yeah, I have no idea why it took so bloody long for us to find out who the winners were and who the losers were. So hopefully they don't end up a repeat of that. Though I have to say I do like the the paper ballot concept. I think it's a lot less open to people messing with it other than maybe losing a ballot box here or there than uh, the ease with which computers can be messed with, you know? Yeah, fair enough. I I, I like it too. I like the fact that um, there's something kind of like tactile too about like that being handed your paper ballot and like, you know, there's a pencil in there that just kind of gives you this sense that like, yeah, we've been doing this for years. Like democracy is a, a centuries and even, you know, millennia old institution and, you know, you hold it, feel it, you know, lick it. Roll the democracy up, smoke the <laughs> democracy. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of how I feel See, about it, it. I think it's still kind of crazy. Like in this day and age, you know, it's what twenty seventeen now, and you know, you walk in and you get your ballot, and it's always that same old Greek guy that hands you the ballot because he's always the same guy working that one <laughs> yes, thing. That's and right. When you go and you put the thing back in the thing, he grabs you and he kisses you full on the mouth like every time. That's so weird. <laughs> I gotta vote where you do. Is it too late? I don't. I don't think that's my ward. But can I just uh, go and buy a house and have my ballot sent up there? 
He's yeah. he's a bit with the tongue though. You got to watch out. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, but it's nice. You you, you you breathe in, and he smells like the tzatziki or whatever that <laughs> yogurt sauce is. Wow, is there a long lineup to vote at your place? And an, oh, <laughs> oh God, you should see it, man. It's ridiculous. Is there a long lineup at the clinic the next day after you vote? <laughs> well, my wife was just saying to me, we didn't get a we didn't get a little uh, voting station thing this time. We didn't get a thing that tells us where we're supposed to vote. Oh, I don't like, know why that yeah, was like the postcard in the mail sort of thing. Yeah, or maybe you just got lost. I'm just going to go to the same place we go all the time to vote and sort of assume that that's the right place. The uh, elementary school. Yeah, well, you know, they used to be. Yeah, I've got to walk about a kilometer tomorrow. Um, actually, I think it's. I think I uh, to use. I used this distance as an argument for another point one time a long time ago. So I know that it's exactly like eight hundred meters and change that I have to walk tomorrow, and I'd better damn well do it because my argument then was when they closed the elementary school that I typically vote at. I said, oh, the hardship that the nearest public school is 800 meters down the road and they'll just have to go, you know, bust those kids over there. So I guess I better show up with a grin on and cast my ballot. (laughs) Hey, speaking of 800 meters, uh, we had a little conversation on the last podcast uh, about uh, uh, distances in metric. Yeah. Do you recall this? Uh, oh yeah, I loved it, and a lot of people chimed in on the Facebook page to. Yeah, to I thought maybe their, we could uh, quickly read those and then get back to politics. If that's yeah, okay. Absolutely. Uh, so Aaron, Aaron was the first one in, and she said the green kilometer just doesn't have the same ring to it. And I said, well, it's actually the green one point six kilometer. <laughs> uh, Brian said uh, that he's a fan of uh, two meters under. Right. This HBO TV show. Uh, and Eric, uh, Eric had a few here, so I'm just going to read what he said. So I'm going to rattle off a few. I thought of while walking my dog and listening to the podcast. There's an HBO ser- uh, series called 1.82 meters under, uh, Will Smith had a movie called 3.18 kilograms. I couldn't remember uh, that one. I, I was like racking my brain and I was like, oh, that was actually one of Will Smith's good movies. Wasn't it? The six pounds. I yeah. think it was right. Yeah. It yeah. was about like the, I forget what it was about anyway. Uh, it's about a guy who's like giving away his organs because he's yeah, and it was basically like you know, his the combined weight of his vital organs that he could save other people's lives with was six pounds, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the H uh, sorry, uh, industrial metal band uh, twenty two point six eight centimeter nails. <laughs> so I picture or I can picture Eric walking his dog, listening to the podcast. He's got his phone in front of him. And people are like, "Oh, he's walking and texting. That's annoying." But instead, no, he's wa- he's using his met his uh, weights and measures conversions app <laughs> to compose one like of the most we, important Facebook comments of all time. I feel like we got people doing some work here, you know, doing some conversions. That's cool. Uh, Canadian ra- uh, pop rap album point three zero five meters of snow. Yeah, twelve inches of snow. Oh, okay. Oh, by snow. By I'm snow. Assuming. Yeah. Uh, metal band, uh, 76 millimeters of blood. Uh, great band, three inches of blood. Oh, okay. um, outstanding band. Uh, let me see if I can find balls of ice. Actually, I, no, I shouldn't play. Uh, Vanessa Carlton's song, uh, 1,609 kilometers. A thousand miles. Because, you know, I'd walk 1,600, 1,609 kilometers if I could I just, just see you. See you. That's my karaoke jam now. Tonight. No, not, not when I want to like party though. When I want to serenade, I do some Vanessa uh, Carlton. 
And I do the air piano too. I think I'm going to go with Goldfinger from now on. Yeah, Goldfinger is a great karaoke jam. It's a good one because everybody's going to sing with you, right? At least parts of it. And you get to really punch uh, that intro. Goldfinger. <laughs> they did it on uh, Frasier once. Oh, really? All the guys from Frasier were singing Goldfinger. Oh, I love it. Uh, Scott. Scott says, I'm I'm fond of the Johnny Cash, Cash classic, uh, the four kilogram hammer. What would that be? Is that a 10 pound hammer? Uh, it must be. I don't know the size. That's about right. Well, three was six pounds, so sounds about That's right. That's 2.2 or eight pounds eight pound a kilo, hammer, basically. Yeah. I'm not that up on my Johnny Cash, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to have to apologize um, right for that. Tyler talked about Burt Reynolds starring in the longest uh, 0.9144 meters. See, the best part about that comment, though, is that he didn't he didn't um, cave and reference the Adam Sandler uh, remake of that movie. But instead, it was like the legit longest yard. Right. Right. And uh, Keith uh, said, my left 30 centimeters. <laughs> Which I thought was really clever. Quite right? clever. Yeah. He went around and got – Got a uh, got the movie out of context. Use the the measurements out of context. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Hey, while we're all right, yeah. What's up? No, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just sipping a village blonde tonight, and it reminded me. And uh, since we're giving shout outs to the beleaguered talkies, I just wanted to uh, uh, thank Brian, uh, who we both know, uh, Hot Tub Brian. Uh, who scored – who was at the village launch, I guess, of the new Gardener beer, which is made with beets. And beets are – you know, I think they're on my top 10 list of favorite things in the world, mm-hmm. uh, around number eight. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, they made a beer with beets. So Brian picked me up some because that village gardener tends to go pretty quickly. They don't make you know so much village gardener that you can just get it year-round. It's sort of like <laughs> once it's gone, it's gone. So Brian scored some beet beer for the National Talkie League to uh, to consume. You're making a – Dave and I do this on Google Hangouts so we can see each other and, and you're making a face like you might not want to – you might pass on the beet beer. Beets are also in one of my top 10 vegetable lists but it's not the top 10. <laughs> Is it the, the top 10 vegetables you don't like? <laughs> it might be. That's funny. Um, my wife is a big fan of – I don't mind them actually because they don't have a ton of – they're not like overpowering or anything like that. Um Sometimes we have them in a salad or something like that. Uh, we grew some this year, and uh, once again, we're on Google Hangouts, so so Roger can see. But we grew one that was arguably that big around. Like it was crazy big. That's huge. Crazy big. That's uh, what is that about uh, twelve? No, no, eight centimeters. Yeah, that's about a third of a two thirds of a foot. For sure. The uh, the thing I like about beets, though, is they, they, they're in the zucchini category of just like set it and forget it vegetables. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I go for those. Um, and I found another beer, by the way, Common Crown. It's – man, this, this is the only good thing I'm probably going to be able to say about the NDP. But under this new NDP regime – um, here in uh, Alberta, Stan, we've got a lot of micro breweries, craft breweries, as you know. And this Common Crown Brewery has this brown ale that is like a proper, like, you know, kind of like flat, not hoppy, not bubbly brown ale. It is some freaking delicious stuff. Yeah, they're up in the Northeast in town here. So, anyway, kudos to you guys. 
for making I like that the, uh, I like a good brown. solid brown ale. I think those are great. Like like Newcastle is sort of the the most popular one, right? I'd I'd, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, I like it's it's a good it's a good way to drink beer. Yeah, I find. Next time you're out, um I had it today at what's it called? Uh National, and I also had it um yes or Friday at uh, Craft, the new Craft Brewery in South Center or not brewery, but, you know, craft beer market in South Center. And it was phenomenal. So, yeah, I'm basically just sort of uh, trying to figure out how I can get my hands on as much of this common crown brown as I can these days. Fantastic. I yeah, I know. I haven't had any in a while. Now I'm, now I'm thirsting for it as we speak. <laughs> so I'll probably be going out to try to find some soon. Um, Australia puts beets on their, their hamburgers. Yeah. First thing we did when we were in Australia, because we've been on the plane forever, we uh, we stopped and had a McOz, a Mc- I think the burger was called. And uh, yeah, it comes with, uh, but they call it beetroot. Yes. McOz is the name of their burger? I don't know for sure. It was a long time ago, but that was that's my guess. See, Something in, like that. In Australia, Burger King is called Hungry Jacks. Right. <laughs> Love that. And everything's the same. Like you get like a Whopper there, I think. Like, I think everything's the same, except it's called Hungry Jacks. Must be like a franchising thing or something like that, hey? You know, I'd say it's either like a franchising thing, or maybe there was a guy with like a Burger King restaurant already, and then so they when they wanted to expand into the territory, they had to like they lost a lawsuit or they weren't able to purchase the name from him. But it's like it doesn't matter. It's see, it's, the funny thing about it to me is that you know, like Burger King, I guess it carries some some weight. Like the name is has value to it. The brand has value to it. But in Australia, where they didn't have the choice, they were just like, ah, we'll call it – doesn't matter what we call it. It's the burger that's going to sell. So they, they literally <laughs> could have called it anything because Hungry Jack's I think is about as shitty a name for a restaurant as they come, although it's descriptive. So maybe it's a brilliant name for us. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, we stopped there one night too. So we uh, this would have been when my older son was about – I think he was three. He actually turned four while we were on the trip. So nice. that sounds about right. Uh, so yeah, we did some you know hunting of – chicken nuggets and what have you being that he was a young fellow. I'm, uh, I'm now trying to look up the Australian burger menu from McDonald's because that's what this podcast does. It makes you do really interesting web searches. Well, they had the uh, McDonald's by the way is called Macca's down there. That's what, that's right. what the short form for it. And I remember being, when I was there, I was there like 20 years ago and um, they had, they had like the cafe, right? So like we have Mick cafe in all the McDonald's, or not all, but I think most of the McDonald's restaurants. But like, I was stunned that I, that that was happening in Australia, like 20 years ago. Every single McDonald's had a Mick Cafe. And that was like the popular coffee shop that people went to. That was like more popular than Starbucks and anything. When people wanted like a fancy coffee, like a latte or a cappuccino, they were going to McDonald's to get it. And I just remember seeing it and going like, this is effed. This is just – this is not correct. Somebody's <laughs> got to come in here and open up a real coffee shop. I, I don't get it. Uh, I'm, okay. So I'm, I looked up the menu. I'm not seeing anything that re- would remotely stand up to what I just said. Uh, so they have the Big Mac. They have something called the McFeast. I'm not familiar with that. I'm going to look that up and see what that is. That, that they can't got quarter be pounder. a sandwich though. Sorry? That, that's got to be way more than just a sandwich. Like McFeast. Come on. It looks like it's somewhere between the quarter pounder and the Big Mac in height, uh, a little shorter than the double quarter pounder. Uh, they have the cheeseburger, the double cheeseburger, the hamburger, uh, and all the rest of the junk that you'd imagine. And of course, the gourmet 
Angus Burgers. Here we go. This is the McFeast is an Australian favorite. Juicy beef patty, cheese, tomato, pickles, lettuce, three sauces, all on a sesame seed. Three sauces. Okay. Huh. No beetroot, as far as I can tell. The the double quarter pounder. <laughs> okay. Let's just, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Double quarter pounder. Did they vote? Do you think somebody in that boardroom must have said, um, should we call this the half pounder? Shouldn't we just, yeah. Shouldn't we just do that? And instead they're coming. No, no, we think the quarter pounder, uh, you know, people know what that is. We don't want to confuse people. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's the half pounder, I'm getting two, uh, I'm getting a half a pound of beef instead of a quarter of a pound of beef patty, right? But when I get the double quarter pounder, doesn't that indicate that I'm getting two of everything? Not just the two patties, but like double the lettuce, double the tomato, double the cheese, and then double the bun? Because I think that's what that should imply. I I think you're probably right. I want to say you're right. I got a bone to pick with McDonald's over there, the nomenclature of certain hamburgers. <laughs> I just found uh, sorry I'm 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 obsessed with this now so I, I just like found it. on the Australian McDonald's website talking about uh <laughs> no one else in the world seems to understand Aussie's weird obsession with beetroot which is why no other countries get the McOz burger. Uh we introduced this to the world in culinary sensation in the Sydney Olympics in the year 2000. Oh, okay. So there you go. So that's is that the only one that has beetroot on it? Is the McOz? It it, it could be. I mean, I can look and see what else they're listed. That well, that other the McFeast didn't seem to have. Uh, yeah, no, none of the other ones are advertising as having beetroot in them. Hey, we have uh, we have we may have a special Australian based treat coming up. Oh yeah, uh, for the uh, beleaguered talkies in, uh, in in the weeks to come here. Yeah, we're working on some Australian female voiceover talent. Uh, you know, to do what Johannes does, which I'm starting to realize, by the way, and I don't want to get too far off here, but. Um, sometimes when I hear the Johannes on the podcast, I feel like he's reading fortune cookies. Okay. And this one is kind of uh, kind of like um, apropos in the context of the election tomorrow. National Talkie League, a hero will fall. Oh, right. So I just sort of thinking about it. If, if you think about it as, as Johannes is reading fortune cookies, it's slightly different. But yeah, we want to get that, um, that kind of uh, – um, that – female Australian accent, which always ends up being just kind of intriguing and erotic. <laughs> Is that the right? I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just appealing. Yeah. Sexy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So election wise, should we go like through all the wards and stuff or does anybody want to do this? Is it? Does anybody really care about any other ward except the one that they live in? And then do they really care that much even if it is the ward that they live in? Well put. Why don't we just do this first of all because I think we're going to have a lot to say as it uh, pertains to the election. Oh, Let me clear my throat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dave. Uh, I don't actually know what people care about in this election because I think there's so much bullshit hanging over this election, uh, and it's it's peculiar to me. But like, I've got this. I've got. I'm in Ward 11, right? So Brian Pincott is done, and now I think I think Jeremy Farkas might be the guy who wins down here. But yeah, 
I don't even know where to begin on this. Like, what's the question that 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 people are contemplating as they go to the ballot box in Calgary? Well, that's a good question. I mean, so it comes down to: is it a citywide issue or is it an issue about my ward? Right. So different wards might have specific issues. I think the the BRT guys might have a little more at stake as far as you know: is our councilor going to stick up for or want to change the plan for the <clears throat> the BRT or what have you? Although you could say. Technically, that guy's only got one vote anyway, or or that girl or that lady's only got one vote anyway. So really, all of the councillors make all of the decisions in the city. It's true for the mayor, even. You could say, so you're blue in the face, oh, that we're going to, you know, if we bring in Bill Smith, everything's going to change. But we said this last week, you got 14 other councillors, and if they don't agree, then no, nothing changes, right? So, right. So, yeah, I mean... Um, I guess what we could do is we could quickly go through and we could talk about any ones where it seems like there's any kind of interest or, or what have you. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sure. By all means. And like, I, I think that I'll see. Okay. We'll, we'll do this, but I'm just going to preface this by saying that people, um, I, I think voters put a little bit of interest and a little bit of effort into selecting the candidate they think is right. Um, I, I think that at the ward level in particular, it's a lot easier to buy the seat than it is to just win it in a race. It's a lot easier to outspend and put up bigger signs. Um, but and then at the end of the day, I just don't know if it matters. Like I, I can't say that Sean Chu has done a great job for his constituents. And I also can't say that Giancarlo Carra, for example, has had a tremendous impact outside of Ward 9 where he's the, where he's the counselor. So anyway, let's, yeah, let's run him down and, and we'll see if we've got any insight to give people as they listen to this podcast while they walk 800 meters to the public school where they plan to vote. So Chris, the problem we're going to have here is that we don't really know what each ward is all about and uh, probably we're not even going to know uh, who is running? I guess we could sort of talk about who the incumbent is and then any sort of feelings we might have about those people. And then if we do happen to know anyone who's running, we could talk about that a bit. Does that seem like the right way to go about it? Bring it on. Uh, if you're not a fan of Calgary politics, you might want to skip forward about, <laughs> I don't know, eight to 12 minutes. <laughs> is it a week <laughs> or a week? <laughs> all right. So in Ward 1, do you want me to just read all the names? Is that even worth doing? Or, go, yeah, go for it. Okay, in Ward 1, running for counselor. See, I'm an old guy, so I want to say alderman is the first thing that pops in my head. I think you should. Counselor. I think you should. No, I think you should go with it, and then I'll say, oh, Counselor Dave. Don't you mean counselor? Alder person. Uh, so we have Chris Blatch. We have Coral Bliss Taylor. We have Cole Christensen. We have Cam Khan, and then the incumbent is Ward Sutherland. All right. Uh, I'm voting for the person named Bliss. Uh, middle name is Bliss. That's fine. That's good enough as long okay. as she as long as she sticks with Bliss. So Ward One, I think, is kind of got the uh, they've got the Bo- uh, Beaufort Towers art installation piece there. Uh, also the um, the big uh, or geez, is that even right? Maybe that's actually on the other side of the boundary. I think it is in Ward One though. I should bring up a map here too while we're talking. Sorry, go ahead. So anyway, so I I think then that um that that public art is kind of like a big a big uh, bailiwick, Dave. Ba- proper use of bailiwick. Okay, sorry, say the sentence again. Uh, public art is a bailiwick in that ward. Uh, it's a t- yeah, it's a, I guess it's a could, hot yeah. button issue, right? It's a real touch point sure. for them. So, so yeah, um, so. 
I don't know. Like, I kind of think that this is kind of one of those one trick pony wards where you basically just have to talk about things like uh, the the public art policy and and appear to be the most responsible to taxpayers and you know your 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 table is going to be set so i don't think that ward sutherland is going to be able, is going to lose in that particular ward well so and it looks like from the map here ward 1 goes you're right it does cover like the southern boundary would be cop and it actually goes up uh Shaganappy. so it looks like the university uh silver springs runs right along crowchild it looks like yeah so silver springs scenic acre so quite a bit of the northwest is part of that word. So, but I actually think though that the Beaufort Towers are in Ward Six. That that everybody in Ward One has to stare across the Trans Canada Highway at the Beaufort Towers. I just think that that's where they're situated. I could be wrong. I'm maybe someone will will have a better idea, but I think that's the case. Yeah, no, you're wrong. Just based on this map, because it's the top of COP that is the boundary. Is that right? Yeah, you could probably see them from Ward Six though. <laughs> Either way. Um. Yeah, I met Ward Sutherland once. Should I should I share my personal story? <laughs> yeah, or? sure, go for it. Um, yeah, so I met him at one of the Circle of the Wagons events. They were kind of walking him around, and he stopped and talked for a few seconds and then realized that I seemed to have no political value to him and sort of shrugged and continued on. That was my impression of him. <laughs> That's funny. Ward used to listen to my radio show, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have a knock on I, – honestly, I don't have a knock on any of these people. I think they're all fine public servants except for one of them. Uh, who I think is unfit for his post, but um, yeah, I, you know they 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 mean well. I think that he's done probably a pretty good job for his constituents, and I think that that, that what's interesting is that uh, the times that I interacted with him, he wanted to talk about bike lanes, which are where you know outside his lane, so to speak. But I, but I just kind of remember thinking like, well, hang on a second, is that, what's the issue here? Is it that you just have this ideological opinion about what public transit, uh, you know, what public uh, uh, transportation infrastructure should look like? Or do you feel like this is going to degrade the quality of life in Ward One, having bike lanes downtown? So, and it just it just sort of seemed odd to me that that he would choose to weigh in on that topic. But and you don't think this whole uh, controversy with his uh, Jimmy Choo comment is going to have any uh, effect on things? You know, I tried really hard to to land on his side of that because yeah, he said you know Johnny Jew is what he said uh, on that uh, in that forum, and I I tried to. F- you know, figure out how it could be an honest mistake, and I really couldn't get there. But at the same time, I don't have any idea why you would say Johnny Jew in that situation. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've never heard. I I don't. Maybe he is very anti-Semitic or something. I don't <laughs> know. But it just it was such a strange thing to say. Yeah, like even to go there, I think was odd. Yeah, like I would probably. I'm trying to put myself – okay, if I were in that situation and I were arguing the same point, then I might want to say something like, you know, we can't just go picking any Tom, Dick, and Harry from New York. Like there's there's yeah. really common ways to express a generic person who does a, a typical thing, right? Any Tom, Dick, or Harry or some Joe Blow, right? Like if you said Joe Blow, is anybody – like – some oh you what you think we should hire a cokehead is that what's going on your guy <laughs> fillets other men like what do you th- you know like jump that the biker from the facts of life I don't think that anybody was going to get grouchy about that but yeah it was just such a bizarre thing to say and it's not like he sat there and tried to come up with the name 
that would make me believe, oh, he was actually trying to reference Jimmy Choo, which is a re- also a super weird thing to do since the guy makes shoes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he's from the United Kingdom on top of that. So that's so. how he explained it, right? Yeah. Do you, that's do you how he tried it? to explain it. Yes. Yeah. I think that's bullshit. I think that they kind of war roomed that one after the fact and came up with that. And it was just like, oh, we'll just float this one out there and see if it works. And by the yeah. way, he is like one of the you know more conservative guys on the on the council, and um, you just got to hand that to your you know your supporters and let them carry that that uh, sigil for you. Be like, oh yeah, he didn't mean Johnny Chu, he meant Jimmy Chu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so we leave Ward One and we head further north uh, to Ward Two. Dave, I'm wondering so though. Is- I'm wondering though if he should have not doubled down and gone like, or you know, Mary Muslim or. Uh- <laughs> You know, just kept going all the way down the. All right, I'm Let's go to Ward Two. All right, so Ward Two. I'm just trying to look up and see where. Well, so Ward Two is. They don't have the names of neighborhoods. This is Arbor Lake, uh, Ranch Lands, Hawkwood. So pretty deep northwest. I'm actually and lots of new stuff in there. Sorry, yeah, in the show notes, I'm going to share this ward map um, th- from the Calgary.ca website because it has these three-letter codes for all the neighborhoods, and I'm trying to guess what they are, and it's kind of fun. But yeah, I've got Ar- Arbor Lake Ranchlands, Hawkwood Citadel, Ham. Would that be Hamilton or oh, Hamptons? The Hamptons. Yeah. S H W. What's that? Sherwood. What's N O L? Nolan Hill. S G H. I don't know SGA. Sage, that must be Sage Hill. Sage Hill. Yeah, that's absolutely right. KCA would be Kinkora. And e- yep. EVN is Evanston. That's Ward 2. Yeah, that's, this, is my, this is my part of town, kind yeah, of. You're up I'm not in there. that ward, but uh, I'm close to it. So what's going on up so, in Ward 2? Who's running in Ward 2? Well, the incumbent is Joe Maglioka. Magliocha. I don't know. Yeah, Magliocha. I haven't heard peep about Joe Magliocha in this, so I I believe his seat to be secure. He's running against George Giorgio, uh, Christopher Maitland, and Jennifer Winus. All right. Uh, Ward three. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The name you know. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm actually a denizen of Ward Three now. Mm. Uh, I used to be either I used to be in Ward Four or Sean Chu is running in a different ward now. There was something about the re the boundary redistricting. Right. If you look at the election map, I don't. You know what? I'm not a guy who's gonna gonna call conspiracy here or anything. But it's a pretty weird looking map at that point, and it kind of feels like things got moved around a little bit. Maybe on purpose. I don't know. Maybe there's some gerrymandering going on right there. I well, that's my question because if you look at the rest of the wards, they don't have all these big crazy lines. But all of a sudden, uh, my my understanding is it's based on the number of people that are in each ward, and so they have to rejig from time to time. Anyways, so Sean Chu used to be my my counselor, and I'm not one to speak ill of people, but he was goddamn terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the guy that I was referencing before, but. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Get, we'll get to Ward 4 in a sec. Well, do you want to just skip yeah. Ward 3? Oh, no, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll stay on Ward 3. So Ward 3 is like the airport uh, part of the uh, northeast on the other side of the airport. So that would be to the east of the airport, uh, north of the airport, and then uh, some of the northwest as well. But it's mostly the northeast, I believe, because of where the Deerfoot hits. So there's no incumbent because of that change, right? 
Oh, is that how they say it? There's no incumbent. Who's the who's on the ticket? So there's uh, Jody Gondek, who I believe she's, uh, and I know a little bit about these, these people because uh, I'm in that work. I believe she actually works for the city uh, in some capacity. Uh, there's Ian McGarnan, whose website had a pretty decent platform laid out. And also his signs say, I can on them because I from Ian and McCannerin. So they're clever signs. I like this. Uh, and then there's uh, Jun Lin, who has more signs per square foot than any candidate I've ever seen running anywhere. It's ridiculous how many signs this guy's put up. What do you know about the candidates? Uh, what do I know about that guy is his website was just okay. He had a couple. He was mostly – most of these guys seem to be complaining or involved because of the um, – oh, what's it called? Uh, Harvest Hills, the golf course that was taken out. Right, okay. And replaced with development. I think most of the people running are either you know, live close to there or are annoyed by that. And that's the thing that's sparking them into running. And then my favorite candidate is Connie Hamilton. And Connie Hamilton has no website. She's chosen just to put stuff on Facebook. And when I say stuff, I mean almost nothing because it's very, very little effort has gone into this campaign as far as I can tell. That's a very she had one one poster or a sign we saw as we were driving today. And it's literally her eyes are closed in the picture that she's used of herself. Wow. That's bold. Yeah. It's a, it's a bold strategy. Let's, uh, let's see how it pays out cotton. You know, it's, it's interesting to try to win an election without using technology. Like after Barack Obama. So, you know, handily used things like Twitter you know, and, and like that, that really great website. It's like they, they really used a ton of technology in that particular election. And I just think that, you know, seven years later or eight or whatever, 12 years, however long it's been, I guess he was elected in 2008 for the first time to, uh, to move on and not use any technology at all to try to win an election. I think it's a really bold move. Does she put herself <laughs> down as like the progressive choice too? I want to be a city councilor, but I'm not using the internet to do it. <laughs> like that just says everything I need to know. I mean, yeah. I, re I really think that you can judge a candidate just based on like how they carry themselves, right? So it's like I'm sure that these people all have wonderful ideas about how the shitty uh, – excuse me, <laughs> awesome Freudian slip – how the city should be run. But you know, if in the case of the candidate who's like, yeah, I'm not even going to have a website. It's like, well, then you're an idiot and I can't possibly vote for an idiot. <laughs> so this is interesting, Roger. So the one that you've just sent me looks different than the one that I'd looked up well, from the city council pages. Yeah. Dave and I were looking at different maps uh, as we're going through this. So I just uh, sent him the link that I'm looking at. But yeah, they've, they've, uh, they've redrawn the, they're redrawing the boundary and it says f effective for election day. So, which I believe that like uh, when the clock strokes midnight tonight, everything is like up in the air, right? So oh, okay. all the boundaries change at midnight and then, uh, you know, you'll be running or you'll be voting in ward three, but your boundaries will have changed or, or whatever the case may be. Okay. I get that. Uh, so, okay. So I'm going to do my best to kind of keep things on track here. So Ward 4 is basically all the neighborhoods surrounding Nose Hill, if you want to think of it that way. So it's, uh, it's Dalhousie, it's Edgemont, it's uh, Beddington, Huntington Hills, Thorncliffe. Uh, comes in a little bit towards, what would that be? That would be like the Triwood area. Um, and you're right. It's hard to figure out all these little... 
Yeah, there's, there's, uh, yeah, I don't know what they are. It's kind of the game. So we're going to post that in the, uh, in the, uh, show notes and see, you know, play it yourself, see how many you can get. It's going to be like your bingo card. But, um, yeah, so word four. And then I'm curious to know on the, the website that you were looking at, Dave, the city's website, if, if Sean Chu is listed as an incumbent or if because they've redrawn the boundaries, there's no incumbent. This one actually doesn't have names or anything on it. It just shows the actual administrative boundaries. Okay. So, uh, but it looks pretty close other than I think it's going to lose a couple of the sort of further south neighborhoods towards seven, it looks like. So, oh, yeah. And some stuff that is Ward 7 right now, which is places like Dalhousie and what have you. So maybe they're technically right now they're Ward 7. They'll become Ward 4. Uh, this is getting confusing. But anyways. <laughs> so Sean Chu. So Sean Chu is running against Blair Berdusco, Srini Ganti, and Greg Miller. Okay. This is my only indictment of Sean Chu is that Sean Chu was – uh, vocal opponent of the bike lanes, and which is great. Now, I only have one requirement if you are going to be outspoken uh, for or against something is that you can give me a rationale. Because okay, what I don't want is an emotional argument. What I want is some sort of empirical measurement or, or, or concept that I can use to inform my own opinion. So Sean Chu comes on uh, the radio and we're talking about this and he's he's spouting that basically you know the numbers that the the city is putting up that that means that the cycle tracks make sense are bogus that their data is incorrect i have data instead that is correct so i asked mr chu the obvious question in this situation dave which is where did you get your information and his response to me and i'm not even fucking kidding you was I got a number from the internet, quote, end quote. Hmm. Chu said to me on a radio show, and after a pause too, because he had to think about it, he went, um, uh, I got a number from the internet. And then I just basically, I that, at that point, I pulled the ripcord on my ability to conduct an interview. Because how are you supposed to take that seriously at that point? It's like if somebody's going to give you that as an answer, you're no longer interviewing a politician who has the city's best interests at heart. Now you're just talking to some moron who should not be in that in that position. So that was stunning to me, and I completely lost any ability to take this guy seriously going forward. Well, and for me, uh, it was shortly after the election. I believe one of the first things that they did was go through the uh, the budget and approve the budget. And so there's all kind of, you know, tweeting going on during the city council meeting. And so I was following along with that. And and Sean Chu at one point uh, raised the argument that in order to pay for – there was a shortfall at the time on Arts Commons, which is, used to be the Performing Arts Center, right? It's Arts Commons now it's called? EPCOR Center for Performing Arts. It used to be EPCOR, right? And uh, so I believe because EPCOR had – pulled their support or something had changed there. I don't really know the details. Uh, there was a shortfall in the budget. And so the city was having to make up that additional amount. And Sean Chu wanted to and couldn't figure out for the life of him why anyone was opposed to his uh, idea to take the money from the Calgary Arts Development budget and put it in that budget. And I was just like, this, uh, like... <laughs> 
Well, I could tell you why, Sean, because they're two completely different budgets. One of them is a capital operating budget that is for a building to be able to operate. The other one is a agency that has been created to handle arts issues in the city. They're very different things, but yeah. he just he didn't get it, you know. Uh, that's, by the way, as well put as I've ever heard that. So con- congratulations to you. Um, you know, but but people just hear art and art, right? So like what's an analogy? Like how could we explain to anybody who heard what you just said and go, it, I still think it makes sense, Dave, to take money from artists over here and put it, and give it to artists over here? Um, it would be like taking uh, money from the Calgary Minor Hockey Association to pay for the saddle boat. <laughs> that's <laughs> I was thinking about school lunches. That's way better. <laughs> That's too good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. Well, it's just hockey, Dave. <laughs> it's all the same thing, right? Yeah, we're, we're all kids when we're at the game, aren't we? Isn't that the point? Isn't that the point of hockey is to make you feel young again, Dave? How can you hate hockey well, so and- much, Dave? Why do you hate kids, Dave? What did kids ever do to you? That's what I want to know. I'm tired of these uh, these hockey things happening. Uh, you know, the, the, the numbers that are putting up aren't very good. I don't like the scores in the games. We should stop funding hockey. Uh, so, of course, the public arts budget became a hot-button issue in this particular election. Uh, I think the uh, timing of the Beaufort Towers – I actually I heard someone had hung a sign that said Nenshi Towers on yeah. it today. That seemed a little less than classy. Um, but so the Calgary Arts uh, – public arts budget became a, an election issue. And it, I don't know. It always kind of bugs me. I mean, we, we've talked about Beaufort Towers and about the public arts budget here before. But the big thing for people to keep in mind is that it's an insanely small amount of money in the scheme of things. Yeah. If you're bitching about the public arts budget, there's a lot of other subjects we could bitch about where the city is wasting or improperly using money before we even get close to talking about arts. You know, It's true. But, you know, man, I mean, this is the problem with <laughs> – or maybe it's the beautiful thing about democracy, but people can only only have most people only have a capacity to talk about the low hanging fruit and the stuff that they can see, right? And so nobody wants to read budgets. It's like, you know, when uh, so okay, so uh, like a really good example is what's going on federally right now. Okay, so we've got the whole like what are there's three things that I can just rattle off from the last two weeks. So one of them is. Um, the uh, employee discount thing that the the liberals were able to hang on the CRA and say, oh, we're not going to go after people and their employee discounts. Then there's the obvious small business tax loophole reform thing, which is going to be an absolute cluster fund for this country. And then the latest one is Bill Morneau, the Panama paper finance minister who uh, forgot to declare that he's got a company that owns a condo in the south of France, right? And it's like this is the easy, simple shit for people to glom onto. But in all three of these things, there was an opportunity, maybe not so much in the last one, but in all three of these things, there's an opportunity for somebody to go, hey, um, with the CRA, by the way, coming up with this employee discount thing, how are they not busy enough over there? How much largesse is there in the Department of the Canada Revenue Agency that is needless that, that doesn't need to be there, that that we could save billions of dollars a year if we just, you know, reform the tax code in this country? Uh, but no one will have that conversation. Like that's not a conversation that people have the capacity or the willingness to have because you got to dig in a little bit. I mean, you know, you got to eat some fiber and you got to get ready for that, to, for that chit chat. Whereas it's just a lot easier to find out that like, oh, there's a rich guy with a condo in France. What the fuck is he doing? And you point at that guy. It's so th- this whole thing is like, oh wait, he's our boss. <laughs> it's just so it's really really frustrating and like. 
Yeah, I I don't even know where to begin, but the the funny thing about it is that people who are listening to this podcast are not the are not to blame. Like the, the people who listen to a podcast like ours, they get it. They know that like we're being fleeced over here and that the general public only has the capacity to talk about these completely moronic things like public art budgets in the city, and that's why they keep coming up. And the idea that someone would hang a banner and go uh Nenshi, call it Nenshi Towers as though the mayor like that just shows how dis like disattached or detached I guess people are from this issue they don't even want to read about it so all you need basically is a problem and then you just tell people who they should blame for the problem and that's ultimately what we get here now if you think hanging that Nenshi Towers banner on the Beaufort Towers and you think that voting Nenshi out of office is going to solve the public art debacle that is this city you're a fucking idiot and you 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 don't deserve to have a ballot in your hand because that is the kind of damaging you know uh, uh following uh, just just like blindly following uh you know evangelists in your community that gets us into trouble like this and it's really got to stop and I'm afraid that the only uh antidote is a little bit of knowledge. You're 100% right. Um, we ran into the same problem when we were talking about uh, we were talking about my visit to Great Falls, and the, you know the, the cab driver who was telling me that oh yeah we're tired of uh, you know this school trying to increase its budget, so we're going to vote down the increase that they want for the school budget, right? But um, we're also going to approve uh, you know so they'll, they'll approve things that cost money. Uh, or, or they'll approve, uh, you know, they'll, they'll approve things that the next referendum down the line fails to fund. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. we want to, we want a stadium, but we're not going to pay for it. We're approving the new stadium, but we're going to, we're going to downvote the levy that will pay for it. So the problem is you get, you get into things like that where people get to vote on how things get spent. You get into trouble like that. That happens in the States all the time, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, we want this new thing built. We're not going to give you any money to do it. So you're absolutely right. I mean, it's that same thing again. Yeah, well, we, you know, that uh, the public arts budget's got to be changed. So let's vote the mayor out. Well, that didn't change anything. You know, are you also going to vote the entire incumbent city council out? Because that might make a change. But even that's not a guarantee of making a change either. Because the next guys will come into office and go, yeah, no, no, that, that was right. What they did, uh, it was it was bang on, right? Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't Nenshi that set up the the rules, right? Well, no, it wasn't. And hey, listen, I don't say this to defend Nenshi. Um, oh, no. You know, I got I got some problems with him. Um, but I, the funny thing about it to me is that it's like this guy's on record as saying he doesn't like a lot of the public art in the city. Or maybe not. Sorry, I shouldn't just that, – that's not a, an accurate paraphrasing. He's on record as criticizing certain public art choices that the city has made. We know he's not a fan of the Big Blue Ring. I really don't know if he thinks the Beaufort Towers are are pretty or not. But – this is a guy who basically says, yeah, there's a problem with, with the way we do public art in the city and, and I think that we should fix it. So it's just – it's so rich to me that – I mean I, I get it. I get that there are people that don't like him and I think there's a lot of really good reasons to not like Nahid Nenshi and not want Nahid Nenshi to be the mayor of your city. I think that that the embarrassment of what he did uh, – what he said about um, Cal Wenzel and the the follow-up to that and I think the embarrassment of the famous uh, Lyft ride in Boston um, – is enough for me to say, I just don't want you to be my mayor. Like that's, that's embarrassing to me. And I think it means that a lot of people don't really want to do business in the city that you live in. And that's a problem. Uh, but I'm not going to make shit up just to hang on him because I don't like him. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah, it's getting a little out of hand with all the uh, politicizing of uh, things. I mean, obviously, this is an election, so it should be politicized. But, <laughs> but yeah, the you know the this this side taking sides and the brigading and the, oh, it just gets old. But ultimately, right, and it, it's it's what we see in in federal elections, and it's what we see in um, kind of the I don't want to I'm not trying to coin a phrase here, but I'm just going to say alt media to to try and give you a. a just a differentiation from what we'd call traditional media or, or legacy media. Um, but, you know, I see it in like that, those like progress Alberta or in like rebel coverage or in the States, like the Breitbart stuff, but, you know, it's just basically like, I, I, I'd almost say it's dog whistle stuff where it's, you know, it's the same effect as the dog whistle stuff where you, you basically are, are finding the audience that you can whip into a frenzy and then whipping them into a frenzy. And it's because you know that there's a lot of impressionable people out there that aren't willing to do their own reading, that are really just going to uh, believe whatever you tell them, and that those are the people that you want at the vanguard. And so it happens all the time, and it really wrecks elections for the rest of us. <laughs> hey, uh, before we hit Ward 5 here, can I just read something oh, that, uh, that our five, friend yeah. uh, friend of the podcast, <laughs> Jim Button, posted today about yeah. the election? Yeah. I think it's I think it's pretty, uh, pretty well said. Jim's a pretty, you know – positive Calgary kind of guy and uh, you'd expect no less from him. But so uh, Jim said, uh, and he, he posted this publicly. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's fine for us to go ahead and read it. It wasn't a private message or anything. Uh, he says, Hey Calgary, tomorrow is a very important day. Please get out and vote. Heck if you do, I'll probably buy you a beer if we run into each other. Uh, and while I'm not a fan of telling you who to vote for, I'm going to suggest that I think our city needs to understand this election campaign has been divisive and angry and is not who we are as a city. What happened to hope? What happened to acceptance and understanding? What happened to working together to build our small businesses and expanding beyond our existing foundational industries? I know this is who we are as a city. Let's get past this campaign and get back to being better together. Uh, he talks a bit about Circle the Wagons. He says, our city has an incredible art and culture infrastructure. It could always be better. Our city's vibrant, exciting, and connected. Our large footprint makes it harder. We have great gathering places. We need more. Proudly market our pathway systems. It's one of the longest in the world. We're entrepreneurial. It's tougher every day thanks to our federal, provincial, and municipal red tape and tax laws. We talk about how proudly progressive and innovative we are. Amazon, pay attention. We talk proud. We should talk proudly about bike lanes. We talk proudly about the flames. We should talk positively about mass transportation. Hell, let's talk positively about things we vehemently disagree on. But at least let's talk and not have angry, one-sided discourse. We're better than that. Uh, I'm voting for hope. I'm voting for looking forward, not backward. I'm voting as a festival founder, community builder, a small business owner, an employee, a volunteer, and most importantly, as a family man. In the 24 years I've lived in Calgary and worked hard to help build a better city, I've seen incredible change for the better. Let's not look in the rearview mirror, but instead let's grab this chance to learn from the inf uh, informative yet divisive campaign and do a better job in council these next four years. It's apparent we can be better and more efficient. Wouldn't you agree? So aside from who Jim wants to vote for or doesn't want to vote for, I think he makes a lot of great points. And here you go. Cheers to you, Jim. Yeah, I raise a tall boy of village blonde to that. And that's actually what the beer that I'm drinking tonight is. <laughs> so, yeah, I so, mean, you sorry know, about I mean, the uh, call up to about... Common Crown at the start of the show, by the way, Jim. Your village beers are delicious, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, Jim sort of tips his hands by talking about, you know, voting progressively and moving forward rather than backward and that kind of thing. But I don't really care who Jim wants to vote for. Jim makes a fabulous point in that regardless of who you're going to vote for, 
enough with the angry name calling and finger pointing. You can discuss your guy versus my guy without it turning into, you know, some kind of World War Three kind of thing, right? When did everything, everything have to be one side or the other? Why can't we get to the point where, you know what, like you said, if you're not going to vote for Nenshi, that's fine. We should be able to talk about that without going, oh, well, you're a fucking idiot because you're not going to vote for the guy that I like. That's just it, dude. That's the this whole election is basically shaping up as us versus them instead of um, you know people supporting their priorities or 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 voting in you know to to yeah to support their priorities. Like I get why some people think that Bill Smith is the answer. I I don't think he is. I I just think that there's some real. Uh, I have some real concerns with Bill Smith being the uh, being the mayor. Um, I have concerns with Nahed Nenshi being the mayor as well, being elected mayor. So, yeah, but it's like I'm not going to tell anybody who likes either of those candidates that I think that they're an idiot. You know, and and that's what's got to stop. I think the big thing that I read about Jim's uh, – read into Jim's, uh, uh, you know, testament there is that we – we're going to have a – like like it or not, on Tuesday morning, we're going to have a mayor and we're going to have a council and we're all going to be Calgarians and we're all going to have to pull on the rope in the same direction because there's no sense in us fighting with each other. And that's what this election has become. It's become these people are ruining the city. I'm here to fix it. And that's horrible. What this – what elections need to be are uh, things are great. Here's a better way. Yep. Hundred percent. I totally agree with that. I hate the the negative. It's almost American style, and I pick on them because everything's bigger down there, and so it becomes that faster. But it's that whole like, oh, this guy's not getting the job done. You should vote for me instead. Like that's uh, so tired of that, you know. Yeah. If you can't tell me the positive points of your platform, if you can't give me what you're going to do better, not what the other guy isn't doing right. Don't tell me about what the other guy's doing. Tell me about what you're doing, right? It's the same thing I tell my kid when he comes home and says, well, I don't like this thing that's happening in my classroom. This other guy did this. I'm like, what did you do? Tell me about you. I don't care about that other guy. Yeah. I want to know what you're going to do. You know? And then what does he say? He says, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm going to go play Lego. And then what do you do? And we go play Lego. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a, an innovative play session for the new council. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be fun. That's what this I'll new get... council needs. Whoever they are, they need Dave Ware to come in there. First day of class, just dump a big pot of Lego on the council table floor or council chambers floor and just say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to okay, build everybody. the city. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how different people see the exact same thing in a different way. I'm going to show you how we're all going to start in the same place, but you're all going to come up with a different solution. And then you're going to know that you can't always count on the other person understanding what's in your head. All right. Now, Anyways. counselor from Ward 5, or from Ward five, you made a, a bicycle. How did you feel when the counselor from Ward 1 stomped on your bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So Ward 5, just to keep moving along, I don't see an incumbent for that either. Maybe this is all because of the changes. There's a yeah, few that don't have incumbents. That was Rundle Ray Jones was up there, and I think he's uh, he's hanging up his skates. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So this is the Northeast as we think of the Northeast. So it's your Marlboros, your forest lawns, that kind of thing. Hang on a second here. I'm going to just grab the shoehorn of correction and pull my foot out of my mouth. Can you quickly check Ward 10? Uh, yes, I can. The new Ward 10? The yeah. new Ward 10. I'm looking at it now. I think actually Jones was ward, is Ward 10, but I, I'm getting them confused. 
So yeah, as of election day, Ward 10 will be all of the Northeast. Ward 5 becomes sort of up near the airport. Yeah. Uh, and all the new communities, Terradale and such, Falcon Ridge and everything north of there. But you're 100% right. This is totally confusing. Yeah, Ward 5 currently is – oh, okay. So it's just shy of Memorial. So not Marlboro and, and Forest Lawn. It would be the other side. So the properties and what have you still – like solid 100% Northeast. Right. But I think I've butchered this thing entirely. So I'm just going to strike everything I said about Ray Jones from the record. I believe I called him Roy Jones because I'm such a boxing <laughs> fan. So George Jones. <laughs> yeah, George Jones is exactly who I mean. So he's the counselor. But no, he is the counselor for Ward 5 currently. And I think he's out of the mix now. I think he's hanging him up. Okay. Yeah. So the people running are uh, Sarbdeep Baidwan, I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher some names here because I've literally never read all of these names before. George uh, Chahal, uh, Tudor Dinka, uh, Herdy Paul Jassal, uh, Bairaj Nijar, and uh, Aryan Sadat. So lots of people running in that word. I think that in the game Street Fighter 2, you've got to fight somebody named Sadat when you get through the preliminary round. When you beat everybody that you can choose from, I think that you got to fight... Vega, uh, Sadat, and you fight Sadat in front of a big Buddha statue, and he's tall. He's a big, tall, bouncy Thai boxer, and then you fight M. Bison at the end. I think there's one more in there. I can't remember who it is, but anyway, I'd vote for Sadat for that reason. And now wasn't uh, – you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but wasn't Sadat also the guy that uh, there were some issues with – uh, him running under a different name or some things that happened in the past or things like that. Did you hear anything about that? Uh, no, I haven't heard anything about that, but um, I don't mind a guy who uses a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> I, and in this case, it was to run away from troubles in his past, not because he wanted to be on the radio, I think. I think, a, by the way, that guy's name was actually Sagat, S-A-G-A-T. So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so now I'm, lo- I'm, not, I'm no longer voting for Sadat. Unless he changes his name no, to Sagat. The Wikipedia says Sadat. I'm sorry. I'm using the Wikipedia. It's the, always right. On Street Fighter 2? <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So Ward 6, for some reason now we've got all the way across the city. We come back wait, wait and second. we go across the city again. Yeah. Sorry. I hate yeah. doing the thing yeah. where it's like uh, we're moving on. No, I'm not ready to move on yet. But uh, you know, you're on the train. The train's moving. Fucking shut your mouth. But uh, <laughs> this is my lesson for me. But but in Ward Five, there's a neighborhood called Pegasus that like nobody in the city knows about. Have you ever heard of the ne- neighborhood Pegasus? No. Okay. If somebody told you that like homes were going on sale in Pegasus, would you not be first in line to live in a neighborhood called Pegasus? Yeah, I see it on the map now. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I think all Pegasus, Pegasus is is um, it, it's up there by where the old Loose Moose Theater Simplex was, right up on McNabb yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, it's across the street, and I think the entire neighborhood of Pegasus is just like fuel tanks full of airplane fuel, and it's like <laughs> that whole thing just is a is a little boundary for the aviation uh, sector around the the uh, uh, CIA the, the the airport. But anyway, um, the neighborhood's called Pegasus, man. Like. It's such a shame that nobody gets the claim they live there. That's the best neighborhood name in the city. Well, my neighborhood's pretty cool, but maybe someone else can can campaign to have theirs changed. Pegasus. 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 Let's get that Australian voiceover girl to say Pegasus. Pegasus. Okay, so Ward 6, 
uh, we go back across town. And so we're back over into, I guess this is what you call this, the hills, like the West Hills area, Signal Hill, uh, Patterson Heights. So everything kind of, uh, and a little bit to the east also of uh, Shag, not Shagan Abbey Trail. What trail is Sarcy that? Trail. Mm-hmm. Sarcy Trail. Sarcy. Sarcy, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically all the, you know, the, the hills to the west. If you will. Again, there's no incumbent there as far as I can tell. It would have been Richard, Richard Putman's would have been over there, I believe. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Or perhaps the previous counselor was uh, shot and killed in an action gunfight. Uh, Let's go with that. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's more exciting. That's, a, that's way more exciting. Yeah. Uh, little Richard uh, Putman's trivia for you. He was acting as mayor when the state of local emergency was declared in the 2013 flood. Oh, well, why was that? Uh, I believe Nenshi was back en route to the city uh, <laughs> from an event that he had uh, – like a planned appearance. Uh, I don't know the, the details about that, but it was – like you have to declare like a state of local emergency. And it was Putman's, I believe, who ultimately did that. I wanted you to say because Nancy was bombed out of his mind in a strip club. Nobody could find him. <laughs> wow. That's weird because the mayor doesn't drink. It's the strangest thing. <laughs> I was going to say, mayor least likely to be found blasted out of his mind in a strip club. Uh, so there's a thousand people running in Ward 6. Uh, there's Jeffrey Michael Brownridge. There's Alex Columbus. There's Jeff Davison. Hey, I know him. Uh, Sanjeev Cad. Uh, Grace Nelson. Hey, I know her. Uh, Esmen Razavi. Uh, Steve Turner. And Sean Yost. Do you really know two of the candidates? I know two of the people running in that work. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, who you like then? You got to pick your best. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, endorse uh, one now, Dave. <laughs> So the only two I know are the like sister of one of the guys in the Lego club. Uh, actually, I think she's also in the Lego club and, uh, and the husband of a girl I used to date. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, let's, let's go with the husband of the girl I used to date. I'm not a petty man. Uh, let's vote for Jeff Davison. I like, I like the, um, I like the, the one who plays with Lego. Uh, Grace Nelson, yeah, yeah. I like I like a, a woman. She's a builder. You see, Dave. There you go. And I think that uh, that's what this city needs is is people with the builder's mindset. You see, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. What's happening in Ward Seven? That one is uh, very seven embattled ward because the incumbent in Ward Seven, as you know, uh, was the victim of a very timely lawsuit being levied against her. Well, and Ward Seven previously looked like a giant kind of middle finger. To the rest of the city. <laughs> right. Interestingly. Uh, and it will soon not look like that. It's going to become a majorly inner city ward if it's not already. So uh, that will fare well for the person who's probably going to win. Uh, and so running in that ward, uh, we have Margot Aftergood, a famous celebrated Canadian author, <laughs> Margot Aftergood, uh, Brent Alexander, Dean Braun, and Merrick Hedjuk, and they're all trying to defeat the incumbent, Drew. I don't give a shit what the university says about fluoride. I don't think it should be in the water. So we're voting it down, Farrell. Is that how her name appears on the ballot? <laughs> Interestingly, it is. It's really long. Wow. And it's hard to spell. Fluoride's tricky sometimes. It's so. a bizarre choice to put your name on the ballot that way. <laughs> I could have gone with something so, you know, like, I still care about your kids, even though. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I take it that the especially the inner city uh, residents of Ward Seven seem to like Drew Farrell a lot. I have very little time for her, mostly because of that sort of sure. unilateral uh, pushing that she decided to do on the fluoride issue. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to refrain from making any further comments. Well, look, I agree with you there too. That's that's a main reason why I can't um, support uh, Drew Farrell, the the counselor. Um, I think it's interesting though that. That there are people that are using the courts, um, or that I perceive anyway, that people are using the courts to uh, interfere, or at least, um, you know, throw some sort of. You know, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm admittedly, I'm trying to like choose my words quite carefully, but it's it's strange, right? If you sue a counselor near an election. Um, and I guess that's your right to do that, to use the courts to try and resolve issues and complaints. But it just sort of seems to me like a convenient way to influence an election or to sway a public opinion about an individual is to sue them, right? The process is the penalty often enough. And so, you know, that's what we, you know, we, we, we see that from time to time. And we're seeing that with Councillor um, Drew Farrell right now. So uh, what I would suggest is like, I would like to see the, 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 the outcome of this particular lawsuit um, as it is. And then, then I'll be able to say, okay, well, the courts have found such a thing, but it just sort of seems to me that the process is the penalty in this case for her. So it's weird. Well, and I think you're right. And this is the lawsuit that you're referring to. It's the Osteria guys that own that block right on uh, what is that? 10th street and Kensington road, right? That's it. The corner of that. And so as I understand it, uh, they wanted to put up an eight-story tall condo, and the city bylaws said only six. And so they launched a lawsuit or a, a complaint, or they wanted to get some things done or changed about that. And I believe it's that same group that's suing her. I'm not familiar with the lawsuit very well. So, so it's – I mean it's – it's timely. And look, I'd hear it both ways too. I'd hear it from from the complainants to say, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, we've got a business to run. We don't care about elections. And and frankly, we think that there's merit behind the case. And of course, I would hear that. But I just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I wonder if there's not a, a matter of convenience. I mean, and when I say I wonder if, I'm not casting any aspersions. I'm just telling you that as I think about these things, I just sort of, I wonder to myself, is it the time inconvenient? All right. Fair enough. Uh, ward eight is our next ward and ward eight is also as another sort of inner city ward, um, or the other inner city ward for that matter. Cause really there's only the two of them. Well, and this is, yeah, no, we, I, I would say ward 11 and ward nine have some significant inner city, uh, um, complexities to them as well. Large. Yes. They may be. Yes, you're right. There are, are portions of those that are inner city as well. So Ward 8, we would say this is like Altador and Curry Barracks and uh, just, Wildwood. Just say what you want to say. Just say the Beltline. It's the, the Beltline. It's those Beltline guys who are always telling me I should take my bike to work and not realizing that Nose Hill is between me and it. Uh, okay. So in Ward 8, we've got uh, Carla Charest. Uh, I don't know if she's any relation to the the Jean Charest, <laughs> the former prime minister, the the, the former wished he was prime minister, the former oh, sorry. Yeah, premier right. of Quebec, uh, Chris Davis, uh, Carter Thompson, I believe he uh, created the X Files, and uh, Wooly, oh, sorry Evan Wooly, uh, who is the incumbent currently. 
Uh, I suspect he will win hands down because the Beltline people seem to like young Evan. Well, I think um, that's a tough one for me. I mean, I think it's, you know, I've said it a bunch of times. I think it's difficult to uh, defeat an incumbent in a municipal election. Um, I think that the bike lanes are kind of the the uh, referendum sort of thing here. Like, I think there's a lot of people that are going to vote on that one issue. Similarly to the people in Ward 1, I said earlier, I think public art is going to be kind of the, the hot button around there. Um, and, you know, I think that Evan Woolley might be seen as a very progressive candidate. And there might be a lot of people that come out and say, I don't want a progressive candidate in this riding, in this ward, and might vote against him. So I think he's actually got his work to do. Now, watch, I could just be fantastically wrong as they count these ballots and he you know, wins uh, easily. But he fought really hard to beat John Marr, um, the legendary uh, folk blues and folk singer with uh, right. a lot yeah. of albums. Just a great guy. I think he dated Taylor Swift. John Marr did. Um, but anyway, uh, back to Evan Woolley. Um, so yeah, so no, I think that Evan Woolley's in a bit of a fight there and, and that he, he might actually, you know, he might have to find a, another employment come Tuesday. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So it's a referendum on, on how progressive the Beltline chooses to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Ward 9 is a gigantic ward at the moment. And then after the election, what's it going to look like? Well, it's still gigantic. Um, if you're just listening at home, you should do the same thing that I have to do, which is flip between two different maps, one which is in a separate window that you have to bring up while you're talking and try to figure out exactly where they are in terms of the city. So this is uh, Ogden, Dover, Forest Lawn, Pembroke. So this is mostly northeast and then also heading into – or sorry, southeast because it's on the other side of Memorial. Uh, so this is – yeah, the new ward is going to be entirely in the southeast. The current ward looks like there's a little bit – bit of uh, the Northeast, just the other side of Memorial, but it's going to change. Well, Sorry, go ahead. No, Ward 9's got Bridgeland and and Renfrew. Oh, and I'm sorry. I was looking at Ward 10 because I'm getting confused and ahead of myself. So, You're right. Yeah, so like Ward, this is kind of a weird thing. So, I mean, Giancarlo Carra is the counselor for Ward 9. And in Ward 9, he's got, he's got to go to residents of Renfrew and residents of Ogden and residents of Fairview and residents of, um, like I don't know what STD is. Can we talk to whoever, <laughs> whoever came up with the naming functions on this map and say maybe just something other than STD? And better? that's probably where you drive to find one. I guess I don't. I'm, wow. that's the play of the game right there. No, so I look at this and it's sort of like, you know, how is Giancarlo Carras supposed to attack council matters? with the best interests of his of all of his constituents at heart. Now, I just think it's difficult and this is kind of like the the argument against my point that we have in many cases too many politicians. I don't know if I'd make that argument at city council, but it just sort of seems weird that he's going to go and say um you know, to Bridgeland residents that, hey, you know, what's important to you is important to Foothills Industrial Park um, businesses and therefore it's important to me and I'm going to vote with your best interest at heart. It's kind of I think I think it's tough. Yeah, you're right. That's a crazy big ward. And maybe it's the size is so large because of the lower population because there's a lot of industrial areas. But then you take in something like Quarry Park, like you're saying, right? That's a big deal. So that's got to take up a lot of his concern. So it's interesting. 
So, um, we don't have to talk about this, by the way. Or sorry, nine. John Carlo's going to win Ward Nine again. Okay, so he's running against Trevor Buckler, who's named after a type of shield. Uh, Cheryl Link uh, from the famous Zelda video games. Uh, Boss Madiba, Madimba, Boss Madimba, who I believe is also in Street Fighter. Uh, David Christopher Metcalf, uh, famous for being on MASH. Uh, when Trapper John died, he came in. Uh, Omar Makio, I believe he performed with Peter Gabriel for a while. Also wants to open a White Castle. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Cesar Augusto Savreda, who has the best name of anyone running. Yeah, former, former uh, light featherweight champion of, uh, <laughs> of the Americas. Um, go See, we need to go back and do all of the names like this now. We're, we're hitting our stride at Ward 9. All right, Giancarlo Carra is my uh, is is to me a great example of, uh, and actually this is something I'm very proud of. I like Giancarlo Carra. Um, I have a, a relationship with him where I can still text him and phone him to this day, and he'll reply to me, which I think says a lot about him. Um, and I almost agree with him on nothing. <laughs> we 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 have very different politics and very different visions for the city, but. Yeah, I just you know the way that he he um, conducts himself and the way that he advocates for uh, his, for his constituents and the policies that he believes in, I think is admirable. And so, I would love it if there were more politicians like Giancarlo Carra. Um, and like I say, I say that knowing full well that we have some starkly different ideas for the city. <laughs> Fantastic, and that's the way it should be. That's what we're advocating tonight. Stop uh, bitching at each other and, uh, you know, have a beer and talk about your differences. Have a village beer. That seems to be the theme tonight. <laughs> Who's in Ward 10? Gonna, uh, we're going to put in some free promo for village and then we're going to tell them that we did that <laughs> and then they're going to promote our show. That's our selfless self-promotion. Yeah, that's actually, that's uh, it, Dave. That's how we're going to finance this podcast. Just by like baiting <laughs> beer companies to come in and drop like a fiver on us <laughs> per mention. <laughs> Uh, Ward 10. Ward 10 is 100% northeast. When you think of northeast Calgary, other than the, like the properties and that stuff, this is the area that you're thinking of. And it looks like it's going to change slightly, but it is Whitehorn and Temple and what have you on the north edge. And then heading south, uh, I don't know what any of those. Abbeydale looks like Marlborough Park. Marlborough would be the border right now. Yeah. So, uh, and that was, uh, that was the, uh, uh, Jim Jones, you said earlier was the, uh, alderman for that area. Is that correct? Yeah. He had that one unfortunate incident, um, but they seemed to overcome that one. And, uh, you know, the good thing though, is that, uh, he's got a handle on that, that war and everybody drinks the Kool-Aid there. <laughs> now his name is listed in here in ward 10. Is Ray going to run again? I thought he was packing it in. I don't know. He's not listed as the incumbent. So. Maybe the Wikipedia is just confused. Well, no. If he's if they've redrawn the boundary, then I think they got to say that it's up for grabs, basically. Oh, okay. He is but the, it looks like he's running. He's according the name to this. you know, know. That's good. He's a great interview. He's a man of few words. So uh, I'm going to run you down the names. You can tell me where these people are from. Sure. Uh, we have Najib Butt. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, star of Corner Gas, right? Right, right, absolutely. Uh, Newman El Hussein, uh, founder of Mad Magazine, Middle Eastern version. We have Gar Gar. Mm, yep, famous magician. You you'd know him um, from his uh, disappearing tiger routine. 
Fantastic. Uh, Faith Greaves. Ah, yes. She's still on uh, public access television every Sunday morning at 6.45 to 7.12. I thought you were going to say, ah, Faith Greaves. Yes, she's been grieving for some time now. (laughs) (laughs) I I think think you could also just give it like a, does it? Does it ever? Does it it ever? Uh, (laughs) Oh, I like that better. Uh, Ray Jones. Uh, we've already made a number of Ray Jones jokes tonight. Uh, Salomon Kassam. Um, I got nothing because I <laughs> – Wait. You say it to me. Salomon Kassam. And peace be with you as well. <laughs> uh, Isa Mosa. Wait a second. But the, the last guy though does sound like a Bond villain. <laughs> Salomon Kassam? Yeah, like in the Scaramanga you know, vein I like of things. That. Yeah. I could, I could get behind that in a non-racial way. Um, uh, Isa Mosa. Isa that Mosa. sounds like something Jar Jar Binks would say to you. Right. Uh, Herman Mueller. Oh, okay. This is this is like – this should be an easy one. But Herman Mueller, by the way, I don't know if you know this about uh, Herman Mueller, uh, inventor of a famous cocktail whereby you pour uh, vodka and ginger beer into a copper stein and drink that one over ice. Yeah, I don't know that one. It's the, called the Herman Mueller. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Camilla Prasad. Uh, Camilla Prasad, handbag designer. Ah, interesting. Uh, Michelle Ray Robinson. How many people are running here, dude? Uh, no kidding. Are you into the school trustees now or something like that? Michelle Ray Robinson. Uh, Art Garfunkel wrote a song about her. Paul Simon made it famous. She was also welterweight. Uh, and David Winkler. Ah, yes. Well, we all know him from his uh, work on that very popular TV show, Happy Days spinoff, Joni Loves Chachi. <laughs> all right. We are flying through the wards now. Okay. So Ward 11 is uh, – looks like the Glenmore Reservoir. Yeah, this is where I live. By the way – Oh, is that you? You're 11 guy? Yeah. Is this – that's got to be the longest list in the bunch. I yeah, mean, that was a crazy long, long list. Doesn't that kind of indicate to you that employment is way down in the city when that many people <laughs> want to run? For, for, they've got the time and they want the job. That's a bad sign. <laughs> okay, so eleven is eleven runs like all the way down Elbow Drive. It looks like is that yeah, right? Yeah, eleven's kind of weird, and I think that this ward has got, um, I think, the richest neighborhoods in the city in it because it's got Elbow Park. Um, it's got. Uh, Bayview, it's got Pump Hill, it's got Eagle Ridge, uh, it's got Lakeview. Uh, so there's just a ton of of wealth in here. So it's sort of like it's, – it's fascinating to me that with all of that money and all those rich neighborhoods, Britannia's in here. The Calgary Golf and Country Club is in Ward 11. Right. But like with all of that money in this in this neighborhood, uh, in this ward, uh, we had I, I would say arguably the most socialist of all of the – Counselors and Brian Pincott uh, working out here. So, and this is the ward where people would be getting up in arms about the the South BRT. Is that correct? Yeah, and like I I can't blame them. They, they effed this argument so badly here on both sides. I, I the city I think kind of rammed it through without um without really uh, okay. So hang on a second. Let me just step this back. I know that you can put on the city's website that we're having information sessions about an infrastructure project. Okay. That doesn't mean you're telling people. Okay. And it's sort of like, I, you know, I gather that, um, that, um, 
that information was available, but it's it's naive to think that uh, that people check. So it's kind of like if you uh, go complain, like at the bottom of the receipt where you put like all sales are final, right? It's like you got to tell somebody that before they buy the merchandise from your store. Otherwise, when they come back and they go, well, I want my money back, just because you printed this on the bottom of the receipt after I paid you doesn't mean I knew that this was a final sale. So like, it's kind of like along the same lines of that. Now, there's a lot of people that are rightfully pissed off about this BRT construction project, including the poor bastards who have stores in Glenmore Landing who – like suddenly it's just a, a major problem to try and go shopping in there um, and like and so on and so forth. So anyway, let me just make this point as, as quickly as I can. I'll get off my soapbox and stop my ranting. But they don't – people here don't want the BRT because they're afraid of a couple of things. One, the congestion. Two, the crime. Three, it won't be used. And also because they're putting up this other monster infrastructure project you might have heard of. It's called the, uh, the Ring Road. So there's a lot of people that look at the ring road and go, why wouldn't you just bake a, a transit pro, a project into that instead of putting one on 14th Street? And by the way, you know, I live in this area. I'm not too afraid. Like, I don't uh, actually. I don't want it because I think it's a waste of taxpayers' money um, at this point. But the, there's a, a route, a bus route by my house called the Three, and it's been that way forever. Like that, I'm, that I used to take the Three to school when I was a young kid. And now it's not there anymore. It's now the 37. And what they did, Dave, they had those big accordion buses that were running up Elbow Drive, and they took the accordion buses off the off this route because no one was riding on them. So they made the 37 like a smaller bus that takes you to Heritage where you can get on the giant accordion bus, I presume. So the, the Calgary Transit knows that ridership in this area is, de- is has decreased. And for some reason, they think that we're going to have to go and put in this gigantic BRT in here, and it's it's going to make everything better. There's a lot of people that do not want this project, and I think that they're right. Fair enough. Well said. So you got five choices when you go to vote, and they are Salama Kassam. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those are ethnic-sounding names. You'll have none of those to deal with in your ward. Oh, wow. I've got an ethnic MLA. Well, fair enough. Uh, you've got you can choose between Robert Dickinson, okay. famous for his short poetry. That's right. You've got Janet Aramenko. I believe she served with the Canadian military for a number of years on a destroyer. Uh, you've got Jeremy Farkas, who has been kicking up quite a bit of fuss on the Calgary Reddit. You know that. Yep. Uh, you've got Linda Johnson. Who uh, has a name that's very forgettable? She's a former got, uh, PC MLA in this oh, uh, particular area. See, I forgot. Uh, and then you've got Keith Simmons, uh, heir to the uh, Simmons Sealy mattress fortune. Yeah, there's a lot of people that think because he's got a really long tongue that he's related to that guy from Kiss, Ace Freely, <laughs> but he's not. Um, so what can you tell me about these people okay. that are in your ward? I just want to say to Mr. Simmons, the, so the top of all of Wayne's signs say, get out to vote. Sorry, who's Wayne? Wayne Simmons. Is that not his name? Keith Simmons. Keith Simmons, sorry. Wayne Simmons, the hockey player? Uh, possibly. Okay, so Keith Simmons, all his signs, they say, and I, by the way, that really illustrates my point quite well. <laughs> the top of all the signs say, get out to vote. And every time I drive by one of those signs, all I can think of was there are literally a hundred better things you can put there. The point of your election sign is to get people to vote for you. 
okay, not to encourage democracy. <laughs> There's a lot of money being spent to encourage people to vote. And your sign being on the, on the median there is doing that for you. Don't waste precious real estate on your sign encouraging people to vote. Well, what you should be doing is telling them to vote for you. Okay, Do you think like, maybe he ran around with some with like a sharpie and added <laughs> for me to all the sides. Yeah, I just put like a, a like the neon green Bristol board off the <laughs> side, the amendment, uh, the addendum. But it's like it's, I see that and I'm just sort of like who who designed these? Like this, these are terrible. And this is the kind of foresight you have to have, like some sort of planning when you're going to go into an election. Like I want to win, I want people to vote for me. I'm not just going to encourage them to go out and vote in general. I just that, that was like a disqualifier for me. I just kind of thought like this guy is not I need some more thoughtfulness in my candidate. So what's the what's the race here? Is it Linda Johnson, Jeremy Farkas? Well, I think Farkas is one of these guys who's got a lot of money behind him. Uh right. from the same people as the Bill Smith people. So I think Farkas uh, uh you know if the if the sign count is any indication, I think he's he might be the winner. Um now having said that, and you know what I've said about the the kind of demographic makeup of this ward being as well healed as it is. Um, I think that that he probably um, you know sings in a pleasant tune for a lot of the people that are going to vote here. But then you know maybe there's some neighborhoods where that he's not the guy that they want, and so they'll vote a different way. They'll go more in the Pinkot line of things. But um, I'm 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 voting for someone for a particular reason who's not Jeremy Farkas and. Um, we'll see how it goes. And I believe in Ward 11, uh, as opposed to the standard one person, one vote, uh, if you slip an extra hundred bucks in with your ballot, you get extra votes. Is that correct? Yeah. What you basically do is you write your, you write the candidate's name on that hundred dollar bill. So you can really do that as many times as you want. <laughs> right. And then you also write the name of somebody who you really wish didn't live in the ward. And then they work on that. That's, they give the because they give the money to the person who wins basically, right? And then that person, like every time they spend a hundred bucks, it's like a reminder. Oh, right, I got to get that guy out of Oak Ridge. Ward Eleven, the Purge, is what you're talking about. Oh right? yeah, you know what? It's weird. I thought it was going to get greenlit, but then all this Harvey Weinstein stuff came out, and I was like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> the Purge. All right. So Ward 12 is another gigantic word, which tells us a lot about it. It's a lot of industrial area. Again, you've got uh, – what's that over there? River – Riverdale? Riverdale. <laughs> this is part of the ward. Great. It's a great part of the ward. I'm, all, I'm <laughs> voting Moose, by the way. I can't not vote Moose. <laughs> and we've got CRA and AUB and MCT. You got uh, Cranston, Auburn Bay. This is so fun. This is like a foreign country to you, isn't it? <laughs> it's like it's like this like names of recreational drugs. <laughs> you have you have no idea that this part of the world even exists where you live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, I've heard of Auburn Bay and I've heard of Cranston. It's like two hours from your house. How long would it take for you to drive from where you live to Cranston? In uh, at, at, if you left your house at four in the afternoon on <laughs> January the eighth. <8th. laughs> <laughs> is is MCT is that Mackenzie Town or is that uh no that would be oh, MCK is Mackenzie Town actually yeah MCT would be Mackenzie Town MCK would be Mackenzie uh, oh, okay. so yeah you're right and then NEB is Nebraska Mackenzie Village <laughs> <laughs> uh, CPF is the Calgary Police and Firefighters 
Uh, that's right. Uh, M A H is Mogadish mahogany. <laughs> mahogany, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I like S twenty three. I'd like to learn more about S twenty three. What's going on up there? <laughs> okay, so this is like deep south east, basically. There's there's a neighborhood here called Section twenty three. Section twenty three. We don't talk about Section twenty three. You're not allowed to go there. Even the only person who knows what's going on in Section twenty three <laughs> is the counselor of Ward twelve. <laughs> Uh, and there is a counselor of Ward 12. His name is Shane Keating. Mm-hmm. I think he'll I don't win know again. much about him. He'll win again. He's pretty. Uh, he's a pretty level guy. You know, I, I don't think Shane Keating's the kind of guy who's really caused much of a ruckus in this city, but um, he's pretty. He seems quite thoughtful. He's running against uh, Archie Cunningham. Sorry, Brad Cunningham. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. why I said Archie Cunningham. That's nothing. No, that but doesn't. It's, but uh, I liked you were still going on the Riverdale theme. Yeah, and that's where I was heading. And then I realized how – let's do that again. So we're running in more 12. We have Richie Cunningham. Right. Sorry, Brad Cunningham. Brad Cunningham, the uh, the uh, uh, Edmonton Eskimo second stringer, 1977 to 1983. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Teresa Hargraves. Uh, yes, she was the uh, – uh, actually, isn't that the name of the former TSN anchor, Teresa Hargraves? Might be wrong about uh, that. Yes, you're 100% right. Always – <laughs> and uh, the final uh, competitor, competitor, that's an interesting term, uh, finer, final person writing that word, Mackenzie Quigley, uh, the star of a uh, Australian-based Western, I believe. <laughs> Mackenzie Quigley Down Under. Mackenzie Quigley Down that. Under, that was a great one. I really love it. The entire thing shot in Spain. <laughs> oh, that I didn't know. Oh, yeah. No, I think Shane Keating's got that one wrapped up. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, he's got the extra reach. And pound for pound, he's a much better puncher than yeah. Teresa. So. He also took a really interesting um, uh, tact in this election. Uh, instead of doing signs on uh, on the sides of roads, what he did was write motivational posters to be put on the ceilings of dentists' offices. <laughs> so it basically – like there's a picture of Garfield hanging from a tree limb and it says, hang in there, vote Keating. Hey. And I just thought that that was a brilliant stroke of genius. <laughs> So, uh, Ward 13 is going to pick up a bunch of new neighborhoods in the next couple days, uh, well, by the end of tomorrow. But currently, it is everything from, uh, what do we got here? This is uh, like Woodside and Evergreen and... You got wood, uh, yeah, Woodbine, Woodlands, Woodbine, Canyon Woodbine, sorry, yeah, yeah, of course. So, so it's basically Anderson Road to, uh, I guess that's McLeod Trail. And then south, so that um, you know Shaughnessy, um, uh, Mill Rise, Evergreen, um, Shawnee Slopes. Uh, what else is in there? I guess that would be Bridalwood. And so after tomorrow, it picks up uh, whatever SVO and YKV and BLM are, all that stuff really deep south. It picks up those. Silverado is SVO. Okay, yeah. And currently they're Ward 14, but they'll become 13. The superstitious people are furious about that. Uh, and there are seven people running in this one. Uh, the incumbent is Diane Colley-Urquhart. Big red. No one's going to beat her. Okay. Well, so why are six people running against her? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody will beat her, actually. I think that she's not backed by money. By the same uh, in that sort of Jeremy Farkas vein, I think that they've got a candidate in that riding as well, but I'm not entirely sure. So running, we have K Adi Adani Yi Adani, 
uh, Adam Batchelor, Sharissa uh, Sells. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so with a C, C E L L S. Okay. Or it could be C E L I S. I can't read that well. I don't have my glasses on. Uh, Mark Durholm. Uh, Adam Fritsch. I like his store. Um, and that, it's too bad that partnership he had ended because I really enjoyed shopping at his store. My favorite thing about shopping at his store was not the clothing that I purchased, but walking around like I was carrying a gigantic gay man satchel. <laughs> <laughs> and Art Johnson. Mm, yes, I, I, I second that. <laughs> But I want to clear up my remark about the Abercrombie and Fitch shopping. Oh, I got, I got your remark. I, I just don't understand what it, what makes that store think that I want to carry around some buff dude's torso when I'm cruising the mall. Hey, I just bought a polo shirt and some socks. Look at this stud. I don't think that anybody's ever thought that as they leave a store. But do you like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch? <laughs> I'd take her if I had one wish. <laughs> Call back. Call back. Uh, the final word is Ward 14. Ward 14. And this is sort of Middle South, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, and this is where the – Like Lake Buena Vista and uh, you got other some, communities, Queensland perhaps. Yeah, Lake Buena Vista is at the north end. You've got Queensland and uh, what's that? Diamond Ridge I think it's called. Um uh, Parkland is in sale. there. So there's a lot of Fish Creek Park that runs through this ward. And then you've also got like all the way south to Legacy and Walden, these new neighborhoods, Chaparral. Oh, Pegasus and Legacy should be beside each other. Right. I like this um, ward. This is where the UFO um, crashed. And then we had to quarantine that uh, that area around Lake Chaparral. And uh, they're still running tests on a lot of the, um, the, the shrimp men, as we call them. Hmm. Was that, or was that Ward 9? I can't even remember. <laughs> there are two people running in this ward, that's, according to Wikipedia. See, that's more like there's, there's Kalash Kumar. He wants to build that a, white castle with Omar. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, Peter DeMong. Pete DeMong, eh? Um, I want Kalash to win. Why is that? I think that's a great name. Like, I don't care about this writing. I have not done any research whatsoever, but um, that's a headline writer's dream. Like, if this guy goes head to head with anybody on council, what are we going to call that? My favorite. It's a clash of the tight, clash of the titans. Exactly. That's amazing. It's like if you were a finance writer and they told you to cover, you know, Vietnam, you're like, oh, great, awesome. Anytime it was a currency story, I just talk about it, like the dong is rising. <laughs> dong <laughs> softens against the yen and stuff like yeah, that. It's a dream. Well, and I mean, you've got, you know, the whole, you've got, you know, your your combat rock, London calling, Kalash comp, callbacks, right? I'm just telling you, man, that in four years, it'll be, it'll be difficult to exhaust every possibility. The gift that keeps on giving. Okay, let's go through school trustees. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. So interestingly, uh, uh, we were talking about this before about the, the politicizing everything. I noticed this time that uh, – and and let's be honest. Really, do you know who's even running as a school trustee in your area? You might because you're a little more political-minded than most. I have a feeling most people do not have the faintest idea 
who's running for the school trustee in their district. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Or that. that so, okay, I, I vote in the separate school board, and I believe my candidates acclaimed, so it doesn't matter. Uh, okay. So, so important is the school board trustee that they just double up the wards, you know. So right. you're like eleven, and then they're not even beside each other. Oh yeah, eleven and thirteen. You guys are, you know. It's like, what about eleven and twelve? Like, would it just make a lot more sense? But anyway. Um, there was this one sign I drove by today and it's just it, the candidate said like, let's fix math now. Then I kind of thought, so hang on a second. By If you win this election, you are going to go to Edmonton and you're going to present a different curriculum to the education minister and it's going to be put into effect. Is that what you're proposing is going to happen here? That's Five plus three stupid. is now going to equal nine. That's what we're going for. Like I get that people are pissed off about like the discovery math or like whatever, but the notion that your school board trustee is going to have the curriculum changed is not that stupid. So this was the first election where I'd noticed that there was some politicizing behind all this too. Because right. you got certain people showing up on Twitter and saying things like, oh, these candidates are all running under a slate or don't vote for these people because they disagree with my stance on GSAs or things like that. And that's getting kind of interesting, I think, that that sort of thing's happening. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of it or not. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, look, obviously, I don't have a dog in this hunt or in this fight, rather. Man, I got to get my cliches fixed up. Maybe we got to release that book. <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about. But no, I don't have a dog in this hunt, right? I don't have a kid who's in school. Um, and as much as, as anybody would like to argue with me, I just have, have a really difficult time caring. Um, I do think it's ridiculous when people spout bullshit, though. Like, if I'm elected, I'll fix math. Like, really? Because you're the trustee in Calgary. And it's the Alberta school curriculum. So in Fort McMurray, are they going to be told what to do by you? Because that's weird. But anyway, uh, back to the point. Um, yeah, I just, I, the, my only take on schools is basically how shitty I think it is that, you know, and I remember high school kind of well, how they told us to make a community of it, right? Like, you, this is your high school. You're the kids who are, you know, you make up the fabric of this high school. And so when you get some kids who are like, well, hey, you know, we want to start a GSA, that adults would stand in the way and it would become a political hot button issue. And it's like, yeah, make a community of this under these rules, okay? And like we have to approve of the community that you decide to make of it. So I think it's kind of sick, really. And I think that parents, not parents, but all adults maybe, need to step back and kind of go, what's the point of these schools, by the way? Let's not uh, lose sight of that. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's really well said. For that's sure. Poor rain. Uh, it's just, just reading. Jen Gerson on Twitter uh, just happened to flip by the page when I was looking for something here. And it says her quote tonight is uh, her tweet says every single uh, YYCCC pollster has effing lost it. (laughs) (laughs) So I've just told her we're quoting that on tonight's podcast. I like her. Yeah, we should uh, see if we can get her on and uh, get her take on on what's going on. I'd like to have not talked to her in ages and ages. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, good point because we could talk about that as well. Uh, the polls have been just absolutely crazy. Uh, like in the same day, CBC's like, oh, Nenshi's down 17 points. And the next one comes out, oh, Nenshi's up 17 points. It's always 17 points too. That's kind of interesting, I think. Yeah, I just – I want to know about the methodology and like 
I think a lot of people were dismissing that Main Street poll without even you know bothering to note that Main Street got the provincial election, the liberal majority. Correct. Like they're actually they seem to be onto something. They seem to be somewhat legit. Well, and I think this is one of those things too. Like I was saying about the, you know, the sort of the these confirmation bubbles that people seem to get themselves into, right? So if you've got a bunch of people who lean left, and that's all they want to hear is that Nenshi's the greatest, they're going to be shocked and amazed if he doesn't win the election tomorrow. Right? Shocked and amazed, they will not understand how it possibly could have happened. And the reason being that you're sort of shutting down or disagreeing with anything that doesn't fit in your worldview it's not just the people on the left people on the right do it too but it's becoming a real problem i think now for people who uh they only believe the thing that they want to believe and they'll only believe the one source that they want to believe and if anything says anything contrary to it that can't possibly be right because it doesn't agree with what i think is right and uh yeah i think we're going to see a bit of that at least one side's going to discover that tomorrow night that their <laughs> side was not quite as correct as they thought well yeah and then we'll have to do a podcast about quit your whining just, you know stop bullshitting yourself and get on with things so what's your uh what's your take roger what's your prediction for the mayoral and we don't have to go through one by one but like uh you know incumbents versus uh, like uh, okay first mayor who you think's gonna win so if I were betting, okay, and this is why I phrase it this way, it's because when I lay a wager on something, I'm only doing that to win money. Right. No emotion. I have no – like I will bet against the Stampeders if I think they're a lock to lose. Not this right. year, okay. mind you. Okay. So if I were betting – Not because you want them to lose no. but because you think that they might. And I wouldn't bet on the Stampeders because I love them so dearly. Okay, does that make right. sense? So, like, for instance, I've never placed a bet on the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, if I were betting, I would bet on Nahed Nenshi because I believe that's the smart money. I think that he is um, more likely ahead in the minds of more voters and the more likely choice of undecided voters. And I also think it's really difficult to defeat an incumbent. Uh, try, though, um, Bill Smith might. Um, now, so I, I think that's what will happen. What do you think? I think you're right. Um, I think that as much as the it's – the, it's the five-star versus one-star rating thing, right? You're not hearing from the people in the middle. You're hearing from the people who are most pissed off and the people who love Nenshi the most. And the question is which side has more – people on it and what do those people in the middle do but i think you're right i think it's difficult to uh, unseat an incumbent i think nenshi's done enough things right for most people uh he seems to be moving the city in a direction that's positive uh maybe not fiscally so much but things do see you know it's that whole is are things better than they were eight years ago when brian kanye was running the show and trying to fix every road in the city exactly the same time and annoying the shit out of me. Um, you know, are they better now? I don't know. I mean, I, I've said this before, but my feeling is that he's, his heart's in the right place and that he does want the city to succeed and that he's a fairly smart guy and he'll figure it out to do. I think uh, if, it's, if it's even in the ballpark of being close, that would be a good indicator for him that maybe he just needs to change his, you know, ways of dealing with, Things I think that's the thing that's pissing people off the most is the way that he goes about doing what he does. And, you know, if he sort of course corrects that, he'll be fantastic. 
Yeah. We got a little, uh, I like what you're saying. I just think there's a little bit of old dog, new tricks in there. Right. It's like, I think that we're getting the, you know, no matter how close it is, we're going to get the, the Denshi we've always had. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's just kind of my take. What about council? Uh, again, we don't need to go through each one, one by one. Uh, do you think there's any big names on council that are going to lose it? You said maybe Evan Woolley before. Do you think there's any others that are going to get punted? Do you think Ward Sutherland's going to keep his seat? Yeah, I think Sutherland will. I think Sean Chu might not. And I think that, um, uh, I think it's going to be tough. Like, I think that Evan, I don't know. I think Ward 8 is up for grabs, actually. I just think that's a hard fight in there. Um, but I think that, um, that there's not going to be a major overhaul on council. I think you're going to see a lot of the same guys come back. I mean, you know, look, you don't have Andre Chabot coming back. Obviously he's not running for council this time around. He's running for mayor. Uh, and that's too bad because I think he's a great counselor. Uh, certainly a bright spot. And it's, it's interesting that he's an afterthought in this whole discussion. Right. And, and it's kind of shitty that um, his swan song is this, uh, this mayoral race. So here you got a guy who I think was a very good alderman, a very good counselor, and who is now hanging it up. Well, is now going to – I shouldn't say that. Is going to lose the mayoral race, and that will be it for his municipal politics career unless he decides he's going to run again down the road. And really the only mention I think he's going to get is if Nahid Nenshi wins tomorrow night because he's the only one who would thank Andre Chabot for his service to city council or to this city in his acceptance speech unless somebody in Bill Smith's camp is wise enough to say, hey, by the way, like spend a minute or two on Dre. You know, Dr. Dre uh, was not only one of the best producers this city has ever known, but he was also one of the founding members of one of the <laughs> – you know, Absolutely. Like there's uh, a, he was a group was called NWA Northwest Attitude, even though he was not in the Northwest. It was weird. Well, and one hundred percent, you can guarantee if if Nancy wins tomorrow night, he's going to thank Andre Chabot, and what he's going to thank him for <laughs> is for running and splitting the vote on the other side, because that's exactly what's going to happen. That I might think. be true. Yeah, that's interesting. It's very interesting because there's a lot of people who are going to say, I don't know, Smith didn't put up much of a platform. He doesn't seem to be for anything. He seems to be against a lot of things. But like I said about my eight year old before, tell me what you're going to do. Doesn't seem to be able to do that for my two cents anyway, uh, and I think that's what's going to happen is people like like I don't, you haven't said who you're voting for. You don't need to, but you were saying before you you don't think Bill Smith is the guy. You don't think he's a guy. If you don't want to vote for Nentry, then and I'm not saying you anymore, but the general person is probably going to then turn their vote to Andre Chabot because he's a he's a decent option. Uh, which is also why the Smith campaign was doing their best to try to you know convince him to not keep running. Uh, which brings up the interesting question where, which is, oh, well, if you couldn't stop him from running, why didn't you stop your guy from running? Uh, if, <laughs> if, the, if the goal is to have your side win, wouldn't that be the prudent move is to make sure there's no competition? Isn't that what the, the right is doing right now provincially? Interesting. Right? Yeah, interesting. Why split the vote? That's interesting. Why split the vote? So, of course, two candidates can't merge together to form one super candidate, though, oh my God, how awesome would that be if they could? In the future, Dave, in the year 2000, that's how elections will be run. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. I have like a mega candidate. I'll tell you in a second who I'm voting for. Okay. But I just want to first. And I wasn't, I wasn't prying, by the way. No, I was no, I'll using tell you. that I'll as an example. You. But I want to say that um, I don't see a major overhaul happening on council. Uh, you know, obviously Chabot's out, so that's one new councillor. I think that um, it's possible that that Evan Woolley will lose in eight. That would be two new councillors. I believe Sean Chu will lose in four. That's three new councillors. The potential for three new councillors. So Drew Farrell might lose in in seven. Although I 
don't think she will. And so that could be four, but I think at most you will see, yeah, I think you'll see five uh, new counselors at the very most. Well, yeah, and there's a few that have no incumbents, so for sure we're going to have at least a few new, right? Well, uh, yeah. Like six doesn't have one right now. Uh, my Ward 3 doesn't have one right now. Well, didn't doesn't we? have an incumbent. Right, okay. Yeah, no, that's a good point. We got Maglioka so, in what, Ward 2? Is that what you said? Anyway. I no, I don't have – I had Chu before, but I'm no longer in that ward. Okay, so. but he's running again is the point. So He's running in a different ward, but my the, the, my ward has no incumbent okay. right now. My, my mistake, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I think we'll see – I don't think we'll see a dr- dramatic overhaul. Certainly some new new blood, but not a dramatic overhaul. So then the question becomes, those new faces, are they more – you know, left. I, I I hate to say left or right because I really don't want city politics to become <laughs> a carbon copy of every other kind of politics. But you know, are they more on the side of where the city's been going lately, or are they more put the brakes on guys like like Chu and uh, and Sutherland, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I haven't really thought much of the the composition of council. Um, because really, that's the most important thing when we well, get down to yeah, it. Yeah, it is. But it's also like I think that the big difference between Nenshi and Brancagne is that Brancagne would go find seven people to vote with him. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Nenshi tries to do that at the table. I think Brancagne tried to do that in the offices, right? So when he had wanted something done, then he would go and, and find the votes. Whereas I think that Nenshi tries to bring people to his side through debate. And I think that they both have their merits. One is the way you do things in business, and the other is the way you do things in academia. You try and influence people with, you know, with ideas, and or you influence them with, with reason and with <laughs> horse trading, even right. So that's yeah, interesting. It's a curious time for our city, and I think that we need. Um, I think, yeah, I think that 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 we could have more determined politicians at this juncture that might help us. All right. So, uh, did you want to say who you're voting for? You don't have to, of course. I'm voting for a man with a vision that is misunderstood. He used to be one man. Now he is three men. I'm voting for Larry Heather. (laughs) And I'll tell you why I'm voting for Larry Heather. I'm voting for Larry Heather because Larry Heather is the only person ever to come out and protest my radio program. And I was so touched that he couldn't find anything better to do that day <laughs> than come out and protest my radio program. And I'm also voting for him because, Dave, when when you are um, seeing the numbers come in tomorrow night on all the mayoral candidates, you won't know which of those votes is yours. <laughs> but when you see Larry Heather's vote count, you'll know which one of them was mine. <laughs> So two is what you're expecting? Yeah. Exactly. Or is Larry married? I think, three, I I think Larry's got three voters in his family. and I will be one of the 107 <laughs> who support Larry Heather. So, yeah. <laughs> I want to vote for a guy who like I could who, – who could name all of his voters during his acceptance speech. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I, I've decided – should I say who I'm voting for as well? Sure, or? go for it. By the way, I'm fucking not voting for Larry. You're not voting for Larry Heather. (laughs) Are you going to share who you're voting for? To be honest, I don't know. At the the time that we're recording this podcast, I just haven't decided. I I mean, I eight hundred meters to figure it out, Dave. I've got eight hundred meters to figure it out tomorrow morning. (laughs) Sorry, go on. I cut you off. 
I'm fairly sure that I'm going to vote for Nancy for the reasons that I just said that, that I don't see anybody else who's bringing enough to the table in the way of what they're going to do instead of, we don't like what you're doing. Uh, it's the same thing. I have the same issue with traffic calming measures. I don't like negative traffic calming measures. I like positive traffic calming measures. Don't tell me I can't do something. Show me why it's better that I do something else. Right. Uh, I think, you know, Nenshi brings a lot to the table in that. And then on a personal level, uh, I had, uh, I had made a Lego mosaic of him. Uh, it was a, <laughs> a commission that a friend of his, who's also a friend of mine had commissioned. And, uh, then at that time I didn't have any purple Lego. So, I finally got some purple Lego. And so I, I talked to one of the, the people on his staff and said, Hey, can I come in and change this just so it's purple? Cause it's bugs me that it's not right. And he said, sure. So I went in and I, I borrowed the piece and I changed it. And when I brought it back and hung it back up, uh, I saw over in one of the meeting rooms, uh, and she was in a meeting room and he was having a meeting talking to some people. And so I didn't think anything of it. And I was getting ready to leave. And, uh, uh, Darcy, one of his staffers said, Oh, yeah, you'll have to wait a minute. The mayor just texted me. He wants you to wait. And so I waited for five or 10 minutes till he was done his meeting. And he came out and he thanked me and he shook my hand and he wanted to take a picture with it. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. He, like, he actually <laughs> saw me and went, oh, no, don't let that guy leave. I want to talk to him. Right. And it's that kind of personal touch. And so that's that's always struck me as as the sort of person that he is, that he does, you know, take that time to make that extra special effort i've seen him a couple times at events like stampy breakfast there's one in sun alta every year and uh, i ran into him there and he stood there and he took pictures with so many people it was kind of ridiculous after a while but everybody you know he, i don't know I'm, I'm i'm not trying to campaign for the guy but he strikes me as a genuine guy i don't feel like he's bought and paid for by anybody and i think his heart's in the right place so that's why i'm voting for him. i like that bud that's a good endorsement yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let's say that does it for us tonight in our, in our election show spectacular. Um, and, uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, seeing how the week shakes out and how the dialogue in the city shakes out, because we're going to have like basically a full six days to absorb the results of the election before we record again. And I think it's going to be interesting. Absolutely. You know, and before we go, I think it's important that we, we say once again, that as divided as people can be, depending, you know, it doesn't matter who you're voting for or why you're voting for that person. The thing that we need to remember at the end of the day is that, is that we're a village and we're a village of people who, who enjoy a good cold drink at the end of the day. And so why not at the end of the day, after you've done your democratic duty and gone and voted why not encapsulate all of that take your your villageness and go and find a beer at your local beer store that that says we are a village in the city of calgary that that's what i'm saying yeah tonight's podcast brought to you by the craft brewers of alberta yeah well, well, well said, young man. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, just it's 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 like Dave says. Okay, the person that you're going to be standing uh, next uh, in front of in line might be voting for someone different than you, but you're voting in the same election. It's kind of the same as being two people who wish that the city still had a hockey team that they could cheer for. Uh, it got lost in translation there. What I was basically saying is that we're all in this together. So have have a good election day, and we'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to the National Talking League. Show notes from this episode can be found at nationaltalkingleague.com. Support for this podcast comes from you. Please share it on social media. Give a five-star review in your favorite podcast store. And connect with us on Facebook 
on behalf of Roger Kincaid and Dave Ware. Thank you.